is Diagnosis Glaucoma with your hosts, Dr. Mona Colleen and Dr. Harry Quigley. Welcome to this episode about the optic nerve. The optic nerve is the cable that goes from your brain to your eye. So it's actually an extension of your brain. Glaucoma is one of the conditions that can result from damage to this structure. There are other optic nerve diseases and we'll discuss how we distinguish between the different kinds. Let's go over some basics first. The optic nerve is composed of brain tissue, as I just mentioned. It also has a supporting shell and blood vessels. There is a cap, and the cap or the top part of the tissue, which is called the retinal ganglion cells, forms axons. There are 1.5 million axons, approximately, in the optic nerve head. So the optic nerve is like a fiber optic cable that connects the internet system. It's how your eye sends messages to your brain. Now let's talk about the size and shape of the optic nerve. It's a circular disc and it measures about 1.5 to 2.2 millimeters in diameter. It's a disc, as I just mentioned, and within that disc, there is what we call a cup. When the size of that cup increases in the disc, it means that there is nerve damage happening. I like to think of the disc as we see it, as an eye doctor looking into your eye as an opening. It's how the fibers get out of the eye and go up to the brain. And the bigger that opening is, the more leftover space for the fibers that go through it. And that leftover space is what Dr. Kaleem just called the cup. So that's what we look for in glaucoma is the size of the cup. Harry, do you ever use the words cupping or bean sprouting when you're describing the optic nerve? Yes, the word cupping is frequently used. And by that, the doctor means that the cup size increased. The reason it would increase is there's more leftover space because fibers from the ganglion cells died in glaucoma. So enlargement of the cup or cupping is a frequent term used to describe glaucoma damage. And Harry, do you ever see an instance when someone has a large cup or disc but doesn't actually have glaucoma? Most often, when people have that appearance, they don't have glaucoma. And one of the challenges for us that we can solve almost always is saying, does somebody just have a large cup or is that glaucoma damage? It's a little bit like having someone be very tall. You know, LeBron James is really tall. He's abnormally tall, and yet it works for him. And many people have a large cup, but it works for them and it's not a disease. It's not glaucoma. So having a large disc and a large cup does put you at risk for glaucoma. You're considered a glaucoma suspect. And we continue to follow individuals who have large cupped disc ratios over time with the routine testing that we've mentioned before, like visual field testing and optic nerve head testing at least once a year. There are families, interestingly, where everybody in the family has a large cup and it isn't glaucoma. That's physiological or normal cupping. And there is very good evidence that the size of your cup is a genetic trait that runs in families. In addition to having a large cup or large disc, another thing that can make your optic nerve look suspicious for glaucoma is something called peripapillary atrophy. This refers to the disc having some pigmented circles going around it, and it might make your disc look bigger than it actually is. So the doctor may tell you that you have peripapillary atrophy, and that's making your disc look suspicious. And again, you would be coming in once a year for your routine testing to monitor you as a glaucoma suspect. 
Now, we've talked about the layers of the optic nerve before in our book. You can find it on our website, www.diagnosisglaucoma.com. Click on the section for audiobooks or resources. You'll find our book as an audio version and also as a printed version. You can also download it on Kindle. So how does this optic nerve work? Well, we know that there are layers of nerve cells in the retina, the part of your eye that collects the light. And one group of cells passes the information to a second group of cells. The second group passes it to the ganglion cells who are third in line. And it's their individual fiber that runs across the retina and goes out through the optic nerve. Now, depending on where the ganglion cell is in the retina, that's where you see what's out in front of you. So we have ganglion cells in the center part of the retina that see right straight ahead. They're the ones that do reading, for example, or watching television. Then there are the ones in the mid periphery or the far periphery, and those are the ones that tell you you're about to get hit by a truck coming from the right side. Harry, uh, another question for you. What are some of the other conditions that can affect the optic nerve besides glaucoma? Well, if you look at a population of people, there are other diseases of the optic nerve. There are inflammations, there are inherited diseases. Some of the more common ones are actually examples of where the blood flow to the optic nerve stops. Most of those happen suddenly. But if you look at all the disorders of the optic nerve, glaucoma represents between 90 and 95% of them. So it is still the most important one. So when you look at an optic nerve and it looks diseased, do you kind of call it glaucoma until proven otherwise? There are some very specific ways that an eye doctor looking into your eye can see in three dimensions. It's the depth of the cup, the depth of the optic nerve as we see it, that helps to distinguish most often between when glaucoma has hurt the optic nerve and when all those other disorders affect the optic nerve. The other disorders cause a pale looking optic nerve but they aren't deeply indented, like somebody put their thumb in the middle of it and shoved backwards. That's what glaucoma does. It's excavated, like somebody dug it out with a shovel. So then in other conditions that affect the optic nerve, we would not see an increase in the cup. We would typically not see an increase in the cup, and we wouldn't see the disc or optic disc cup to look really deep and undermined, like you could stick your finger in under the edge of it. The way we think about the optic nerve and diseases of the nerve head, they're all called optic neuropathies. And within optic neuropathy, there are many different branches and glaucoma is one of those. And as Harry just discussed, it's the type of optic neuropathy where you lose the nerve tissue and you have an increase in that cup. But the other condition which you described where you have paleness of the nerve, well, that can be due to a number of other different kinds of optic neuropathies. They could be from an inflammation, they could be from some kind of avascular problem or maybe from a trauma. There are also hereditary conditions of the optic nerve. And we work with neuro-ophthalmologists. They are our partners in diagnosing conditions of the optic nerve head. Rarely, we find people who are not sure whether what we see in the back of the eye is due to glaucoma or due to something else, like multiple sclerosis or one of the brain diseases. And in those cases, we would do imaging, what people know as MRI or CT scanning. But 98% of the time, we can tell by looking at the optic nerve and by the other tests that we do, 
things you'll hear about in subsequent podcasts, visual field testing and OCT imaging, those typically tell us it's glaucoma and we don't have to do MRI scanning. Now, the nerve damage in glaucoma has a different cause from the other optic neuropathies. There are a couple of different theories about what causes glaucoma. The one you may have heard about the most is where mechanical damage to the optic nerve head is caused by pressure dynamics of the eye. Another etiology is ischemia or a vascular condition where blood flow to the optic nerve head is poor. And another potential cause is from something called oxidative stress. The interesting thing that people should know, because I frequently get asked this question by patients, is what did I do to get glaucoma? And as we talk about the pathogenesis or the causes of glaucoma, the first most important thing for patients to know is that you didn't cause it to happen. And in general, there's not much of anything that you ever did that made it more likely that you would get it. Now, that's not true of some of the other eye diseases. For example, cataract or macular degeneration. They are very seriously associated with cigarette smoking, for example, but glaucoma is not. As Mona mentioned, there are a number of things that lead to complex diseases like glaucoma. So to say, is it this one thing or that one thing is wrong. And for certain, those of us who spend a lot of time in the laboratory studying why glaucoma happens have learned that it takes several different components in any individual person to lead this disorder to finally occur. To date, the only known modifiable risk factor for glaucoma that we know of has to do with changing the eye pressure. Now, in terms of how glaucoma is different from the other optic neuropathies with our clinical examination, the other kinds of optic neuropathies can also affect your optic nerve head readings or your visual field test. But the type of damage that we see in glaucoma looks different. So the peripheral vision test, the visual field test pattern, there are some very defining characteristics that we see in patients who have glaucoma as compared to the other optic neuropathies. So when someone's optic nerve head looks suspicious, one of the ways that we differentiate glaucoma from other optic neuropathies is with the visual field test. Also, the pattern of nerve damage that we see on the optical coherence tomography, which is the optic nerve head layer test, that looks different from some of the other optic neuropathies. And I will tell you, sometimes it does get a little tricky. You might need to come in more than once to get your optic nerve evaluated and make sure that it's glaucoma and not something else. And as I just mentioned, we do sometimes work with our neuro-ophthalmology colleagues to make sure that we are getting the right diagnosis. The important thing about monitoring the optic nerve is to see whether it's changing over time. Mona mentioned that there are people who have just large cup of their optic nerve. And for them, the proof that it's just a large cup and that it isn't glaucoma is to see them each year for several years and if every year it just keeps looking the same in our exam, in our images, then we know it's not glaucoma. Whereas if it's changing over time in a way that we can monitor and test quantitatively, then we know for sure it's glaucoma. Do we dare wait that length of time to find out if it's glaucoma? And the answer is yes, we do, because glaucoma is a very slow process in the vast majority of people, and we have time to see it coming and therefore can prevent you from losing vision by monitoring carefully. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, your mom says take your drops.